Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Today we're joined by inspirational and motivational speaker Joy Marsden, who was interviewed by Simon Barrington. So today on the Forge Leadership Podcast, I'm joined by Joy Marsden. Uh, Joy describes her mission as to inspire the world's professionals to live a happy and successful life. She's an author. Um, Her latest book, Keep Stepping, uh, tells uh, people how to lead themselves and others through challenge and change. She works with high-level executives and coaching managers and their teams in many businesses around the UK. Uh, Joy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Simon. I'm, I'm very, very, very much looking forward to this. Fantastic. It's great to have you with us and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. (laughs) Joy, you spend your time speaking to and motivating leaders globally through your business. Tell tell us about that and what you do. Well, um, yes, Simon, I've been doing that for the last um, 13 years. And um, the way that I work with people uh, takes on kind of, uh, I work with people in three different ways. So one of the ways I work with people is if um, I have clients are, that are putting on a, a, a conference for their for their teams uh, and the wider workforce, uh, I would go in and deliver a, a keynote, as they would call it in the industry, which is normally about 60 minutes to, to 90 minutes from, from the platform. Um, that's one way I work with people. Uh, the second way is to go in and deliver a sort of a masterclass or a workshop training session um, to really embed the keep stepping, keep stepping principles. And the third way is to kind of go in and work with uh, some of the leaders on a one-to-one basis where I, I do some coaching. Or it may be for their, their wider workforce as well, where they want to kind of really kind of get into the individual challenges that people have. And all of those things are working with people to help them deal more effectively with change, but more more leading themselves through the change. Because if you can lead yourself effectively, then you can start to go through the change collaboratively. So really, I I go through things that that involve the individual self-management, self-leadership, and, you know, getting them to up those skills so that they can deal with things more effectively. Now, um, everybody tells us that workplaces are getting more volatile, more uncertain, more chaotic, uh, more ambiguous. um, And uh, the challenges that are facing leaders and people in the amount of change that's hitting them right now are huge. Um, What do you find? What are the challenges that leaders and businesses are are facing every day? And why do they call you in really (laughs) to help them? The biggest kind of challenge is, is, is on people's time. When organisations are squeezed, often they have slightly less resources, uh, so less people and also less time because the people that are left have to do more with the time that they have. So people feel squeezed, people feel stressed. I find that people don't don't feel as if that they feel as if that they're, they're working on on automatic pilots. They're not they're doing the work that needs to be done, but they don't they're losing themselves in it. And and I'm finding that people are wanting to find themselves. Who am I in this business? And of course, we have the individual, but the individual is always surrounded by people. So you're working as a part. But you're also an individual. And how do you kind of reconcile the two? How do you bring that together? So how do you be real? How do you be authentic? How do you stay on your A-game um, and, and not let the, the stress factors really kind of um, drain you of, of the person that you are and the person that you want to become? And people get me in basically to kind of 
it, it sounds a bit, <laughs> might sound a bit cliche, but, but partly to breathe life into what they're doing, um, to, 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 for them to find themselves in it, to, to, to bring back that joy, to bring back that life, that vibrancy, and to be able to cope with the everyday challenges that come their way. Mm. Now, you focus on helping leaders to start leading themselves, because um, often we feel, don't we, we're, we're entrapped by the environment, there's not much we can do, everything's being loaded on us, we have no place to go. But your focus is really on, um, for leaders, well, how do they start leading themselves better? Why is that such a challenge, and why do you think it's so important? Well, and I think I think it's not just that just for leaders as well, but it's for it's it's for everybody and anybody who kind of doing anything in any capacity. I think you you have to be able to to lead yourself before you can lead other people. Uh, and the problem and challenge comes if you're not leading yourself effectively, but you're trying to lead a team or you're trying to lead other people. Then you, then you will start to fray around the edges and the people that you're trying to lead will spot it. <laughs> I mean, you and I know things that you can spot in everybody else, but you can spot them in everybody else before you can spot them in yourself. <laughs> you have to know yourself and be fundamentally self-aware. Uh, and really the, the, the principles that I have around leading yourself are based on, uh, on helping the individual to become more aware of who they are, how they work, and more importantly, the impact that they have on the people that they, they live with, the people that they work with, the people they interact with on a daily basis. And what kind of tools do you use to help people become more self-aware uh, of who they are and, and the impact they're having? Because I, I find that's a huge issue with leaders that I'm working with is that um, actually the, the, the blind spots are, are huge and being able to get real feedback for them so that uh, they can start addressing those is a massive issue. What kind of tools do you use with leaders to help them? Uh, lead themselves yeah well as I said that the, the you know the ways that I deal with people are, are usually either a, a platform speaker or, or an interaction an interactive workshop or one-to-one coaching and most of what I do is cover is, is in the area of developing their soft skills um, and I think soft skills are very very much uh, underrated <laughs> uh, in that they you, you cannot having knowledge is is wonderful and, and you really do to, to study and continue to grow yourself in every way that you possibly can. I really do believe that. But then, you know, for leaders, you, you, they really need to, to think clearly to be able to articulate the, the thoughts that they have, the feelings that they have, so that people that they deal with feel inspired to go away and act. So I deal with soft areas like, like looking at what you're doing every day and identifying things that you may need to, to, to get to get rid of, may need to, what I would call shred. Um, and then being able to tune into situations and tune into situations quickly. And when I say tune in, I mean tune in with people. Um, because pe- people are, you know, anything that you're, any job that you do that involves people will have its complexities. Why? Because people are complex. Um, and we do things uh, sometimes out of character, sometimes, you know, um, unexpectedly, you know, very very knowledgeable, very clever people sometimes do very silly things. <laughs> <laughs> and we do this because we are human. Um, we're none of us perfect. 
Um, the only perfect person that, that, that walked the planets was Jesus Christ. We are none of us perfect. Therefore, we get things wrong. So we have to take time to look at what we do on a daily basis. And that's what I help people to do. I help people to look at the way they tune into situations. The, the, I help people to look at the skill sets that they have so they can really home in on, on being the best they can be in the areas that they were destined to be good at. Um, the way they position themselves as leaders, the way they position themselves, you know, as part of the management, as part of the workforce, uh, understanding situations clearly, and and you know, and and really, sort of towards the end, we look at, you know, so in all of this, how are you going to serve your community better? How are you going to serve the workforce better? Um, and looking at, you know, so the skills kind of almost get softer <laughs> as we get towards the end of the program. Okay, okay. So can you give me an example of, of maybe a team or a person you've worked with and, and the kind of impact that uh, you working with them has had in helping them get in touch with their soft skills and, and apply them in a better way? Yeah, um, I had the, the opportunity to work with, um, towards the end of last year, um, a, a chief executive, a CEO of a company, obviously I won't say what the company was, um, and, and the, 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 I was working initially with, with the workforce, with the management team and below, and they were not starting to notice some kind of changes there, but this CEO was just finding it difficult to connect, difficult to kind of, he wanted to, because one of the things I say is you, you, you do need to, to live your own truth, but you do need to, people need to know who you are. Um, I very rarely follow people who I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have to have some, some kind of relationship with them on some kind of level. And he was set up in an office where he had his own office in, in the building, would walk through and very open plan structure they had with, you know, their employees would walk through um, and, you know, possibly say hi, but, but you know, mostly we just walk through and go into his office. And he says, you know, I just don't have that connection. And I said, well, do you speak to any of them? He said, well, not really. And I said, I don't really know what to do. And they see me as a CEO and I just feel miles away and miles apart. And I said, I understand your dilemma. And I'm sure you can see what the dilemma would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I said, well, you must. I said, why don't you just start by stopping as you're walking through the office and I'm just saying hi. But... If you say something like, hi, how, how are you? I said, please do wait for the answer. Because most people, <laughs> most people say that out of, because this is what we do. Um, mm. yeah, hi, how are you? How are things going? Don't really want to know. They, they, and they don't listen. And the person that's actually sharing their heart with you knows that you're not listening. So that, that's not building relationships, that's actually putting people off. I said, but if you're going to ask a question like that, you must wait for the answer. Um, and I just said, just do it gradually. I said, you may not, it may not feel as if anything is happening. It may not seem as if anything is happening. But I said, believe me, you will start to build something up. Anyway, within six months, he'd been doing this. And it wasn't easy. He had to go against what he would normally do and how he would normally be. And, you know, he, I had a phone call from him in absolute excitement. He's like, <laughs> hey, start. when he walks through the office now, they're starting to say, hi, how are you? And, and he's saying, I said, what, what was the trigger point? He said, I started to find out little things about them. And mm -hmm. I would just say, how's your horse doing? And how's this doing? <laughs> things that weren't necessarily related to work, mm -hmm. but he was meeting with them and connecting with them on a human level. Uh, and I think in, in a world where technology 
is getting faster. Technology is getting is is being used more um, mm. in in the world of technologies. Generally speaking, mm. I think the people factor, the human factor, has got to work even harder. Mm. Um, so so he basically he had that sort of connection. And what he's built up there is if he needs now to implement something. Do you think, Simon, that his employees are, are going to listen to him and, and have more respect for that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so he's finding that he's, he's been able to start to change the culture, to, to kind mm. of bring things in that are making the community a bit more vibrant. Um, mm. It's great. That's fascinating. And uh, I really resonate with what you're saying about uh, humanity and bringing that back into the workplace and, and leaders need help to be able to do that don't they because actually uh generally it's not the way that they've been brought up and it's maybe not the role models that they've had in other leaders as well and i know certainly in my leadership um finding the courage to be brave enough to make myself vulnerable at a human level was a massive issue how, how do you help leaders kind of navigate that um for themselves uh, navigating their vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the kind of the example with the CEO was was that that was that was kind of in that sort of area as well. Yeah. And I I, I think you know if if you're going to be sensitive to the needs of others, then I think I as a as a coach as a trainer as a speaker need to be sensitive to the fact that I may I too may have blind spots. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I I don't I not only believe in coaching, yeah. I also have coaches okay. that coach me because yeah. because like you said, Simon, I totally agree. You can't do it all on your own, and you can't see your own blind spots. Mm. Uh, mm. And I think I to, you know I must believe in the thing that I'm working on, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I don't believe I'm perfect. So I'm continually working to to be able to uh, work with the vulnerabilities that I may have. Hmm. And in doing so, I think it, it, it enables me to be sensitive hmm. to the vulnerabilities of other people as well. Um, hmm. Understanding that we are all vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. It's not just, you know, um, we coaches have got it all. No, we haven't. Hmm. Um, uh, and I have, you know, a number of coaches for very different things. Uh, and, and I would say that everybody... It, it helps it helps everybody to be have somebody that they can be accountable to uh, somebody where they can share their heart somebody they trust somebody that you can open up to where you can just be and you don't have to put on any airs and graces you're not trying you know somewhere you can just have you know that confidence that what you're sharing with them won't go anywhere else um but that you can just offload. I think that's necessary for, for all people, particularly leaders with a lot on their plate, people that, that have, you know, great responsibility. I think it's yeah. very necessary in this day and age. Yeah. I, I find lots of leaders who are, who know that they need that, um, but really struggle to find someone who they can relate to at, at that level. Um, how, how, do, how do you help leaders navigate that one? Uh, well, I think you need to find somebody that you, you feel you can get on with, somebody you feel like you trust. Um, usually for me, um, if I'm working with other people, a lot of the people that I coach come from having seen me either speaking on a platform or delivering 
oh, facilitating a session. So they gathered some kind of trust, seen who I am, and there is there has been a connection there somehow. Very rarely do I get somebody just come onto my website and book a session. And usually if that happens, um, only occasionally has that happened, I would normally just bring them up and make sure that, we, you know, have a conversation, make sure that we are suitable to work together. And certainly for me, if I'm choosing a coach for myself, that's how I would work. I would have to have seen them do things, seen them interact with other people. I'd have to know a bit about them. I may have, I may have read a book that they've written, that type of thing. Brilliant. Now, uh, you're working in lots of different businesses up and down the country. Um, and uh, you're doing that. At, you're a Christian. Yes. And, and how does your faith influence the messages you're giving and, and the way you're delivering them? Because it's not always Christians in your audience it's anybody. So uh, how's faith influencing that for you? Yeah, I would say mostly the majority, 90 percent of my the people that I deal with aren't, aren't Christians. Although I do deliver some things in church, mostly it's it's, it's you know out out outside in organisations, uh, and I would say my my faith influences what I do massively, hugely. Um, why? Because it, it's part of who I am, uh, and I, I don't think we can detach who we are. Uh, and I think at the very heart of us, the very root of us, has to come with us in everything that we do. Uh, and I love that I, I believe the principles within scriptures, within the Bible, are wonderful principles to live by. Um, and I, I want to share that truth with as many people as I can, because I believe these are the principles that not only uh, are good to live by, that help you through life. So what, I, what I've done in, in putting the book together, in putting my, my sessions together, is I, I very much use those principles and I make them palatable for the people that I work with on a daily basis. Uh, so I use examples of, um, I'm fortunate in that I've, I've, I've been uh, in, in business now for, for a long time in, in very different areas. So I've worked as an area sales manager for, for Avon Cosmetics, leading a very large team there. I've been a marketing executive for, for a top brand here in the UK. Uh, I, I was in textile design, technical design for, for 12 years. Uh, and I and I've also worked within a management training consultancy. So I've done a lot of things that are are very varied. So within the world of work, I have examples that I can pull from um, to to help people in the workplace because I understand firsthand some of the pressures that they may face. Um, so I can actually bring the two together uh, because I have that in me to bring to, to <laughs> together. Um, and I think my, my faith is, is very much important in that. And I, I, I do believe that what you believe, in my case, you know, the Bible, um, affects who you are. So mm. if somebody else, whatever they believe, affects who they are. And people mm. catch the, they catch who you are when you work with them. And, and I, uh, you know me, Simon, we've worked together. You, you know that I'm, I'm Afro-Caribbean. I'm 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 uh, uh, I'm a Christian. I I also um, work, you know, in, in in out across the globe, and I also I'm um, I'm on the board of the Academy of Music and Worship. Uh, I'm on several boards, and I but I bring all of that with me. I might break out into into uh, 
um, Jamaican in the middle of my my presentation. <laughs> that's partly who I am. Yeah, um, yeah. I may I am a, I am a singer. Uh, I'm a gospel mm. singer. I may I may sing if I need to do that in order to 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 deliver something mm. that is uh, mm. that I believe will help you. Um, get to to the next stage and i believe in helping people to bring everything they are to the table and mm. me being a christian is part of who i am so that's just me living my message really. that's fantastic and I, I love that because i think in my work one of the things i do is is help leaders just articulate uh their core values and their core beliefs yeah and uh and being able to do that and to say proudly this is who i am and this is what i believe uh, helps followers actually helps people who who you're working with to know who you are which is what you were saying earlier so i, I love that joy and uh, uh I, I know from what i've seen of you doing that you're a great uh, blessing to the people you work with because you do bring all of yourself to it but for for lots of people they're not able to bring all of themselves to their workplace because they feel like they're the wrong person person in the wrong place, stuck, uh, time poor, um, just downward spiral, beginning of 2018, going back to work is not a happy place for them. Um, how would you advise them to start uh, going about even changing that? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Simon. I, I get people at the end of, of, of my sessions coming up and asking me, you know, how can I, how can I step up? How can I step out? Uh, and the, the heart of the keep stepping message, keeping things simple, is about stepping up, stepping out, and standing out. And and I find that because of the 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 the, the level that they're working at, um, they've been working in their positions for a long time. They're now bringing in a a, a great salary. They're used to the the lifestyle that they have, and they want to change things. Uh, but they're not sure how, and, and it's a scary thing to want to do that. And also, a lot of people feel they've they've lost themselves through it. They've lost themselves somehow in the middle of all of that. Going to the other side of the spectrum, I also work with students um, in universities, and they they kind of on at the start of their career, and they're they're kind of like I'm not really sure what I want to do. I'm not really sure who I am, um, and they're they they are very very they're, they're nervous about kind of showing who they are um, and I'll, I'll kind of come back to a point on that if, if I may kind of a bit later on but uh, I, I, it's a difficult thing to to for, for individuals to change any kind of any kind of change is, is difficult it's not easy and it's going to take feeling uncomfortable for a season to be able to get to the place where you feel you want to be um, and it's like, you know, we, we would love to, you know, pray a prayer and for things to land on us. Uh, and I both know, you know, as Christians, that often we pray for things that, that you know, God is saying, you can do that yourself. <laughs> you know, um, when we want something to happen to us um, because we don't want to feel that discomfort. And, and I understand that. Um, but the only way to, to you know, if you, if you are feeling stuck, the only way to, to, to become unstuck is to move and to do something and to take action, which is where the heart of the keep stepping message comes from. We've got to do something. Um, uh, and it involves um, doing something that we might not have done before, that it often involves us taking steps that we've never taken before. 
uh, or working with somebody to kind of tease that out of us, you know, getting coached, um, helping us to think in different ways or speaking to somebody who is where you would like to be or doing something, a role that you would like to do. Just just going back to the kind of a, the younger generation, I, I, I've privileged at the beginning of my speaking career to, to speak to, I used to speak to quite a few, uh, thousands of students, younger students in their between 13 and 18 years old. And I would generally speak to year groups. And this is what I found that it's a very difficult thing for somebody who is younger to actually um, grasp this idea of standing out and, and stepping out. Because at the heart of who they are in this day and age, they're trying so much to fit in that, you know, every child kind of almost looks the same in school uniform, the hairstyles are the same, they're wearing their, their skirts up to the same length or down to the same length, you know, they're wearing their blazers in the same way. And they do everything not to stand out, they do everything to blend in. And then by the time they get to kind of 16 to 18, we're starting to say to them, you know, so how are you going to get that interview? How are you going to stand out from the crowd? But they've done everything, to, <laughs> everything possible to, to fit in up, up to that age. And, and I think it's just too late to be talking about that. Um, and I, I do work with um, you know, students within, I do a lot within the finance sector and I do work with students who have already started their kind of like accountancy kind of uh, uh, qualifications. And even then, it's, it's very, very silent, very, very quiet. Nobody wants to ask a question. It's, it's really, I, I find it heartbreaking because I think you're not, you're, you're not working on finding who you are. By not saying anything, you can't. <laughs> You've got to somehow step up, step out, or stand out, do something. And it never leaves us. That that need to do that doesn't leave us. It doesn't matter how old we are. Um, and you and I both know, you know, if you're in the kind of the older generation and, and you decide you, you're, you're just going to stop and you stop stepping out, you stop standing, you, and you stop growing yourself, then, then really you start to go downhill quite quickly. Mm. Yeah, it's about having that courage, isn't it, to to grasp the moment and to be clear about who you are and to step up and 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 be yourself. And and that message comes out loud and clear uh, from you, Joy. Um, as we come to the end of this podcast, you you talk about um, gratitude being really important. Um, why is that, and what's shaped that in in you, and why is that an important message that you have for people? Well, every morning I get up, I, I, I open my eyes and I just think, you know, I, I, am a, I, I can actually get up. This is, this is a wonderful thing. I'm breathing and I'm still alive. Uh, and I, I try to remember, as far as possible, I try for the, for the first words to come out, you know, thank you, God. I'm, I'm here for another day uh, to, to, to do something um, sort of in, in your sight I'm here uh, and it's a wonderful thing to, to be alive you know some, some people aren't, aren't alive but we are gratitude helps you to to understand that wh where you are what you have who you are is enough um, and I think if you if you forget to be grateful for for what you have and what you've become so far if you're always looking outside of yourself you know one day it will be like this, one day I'll get that job, one day I'll get that car, one day I'll get that house. And, you, and you, you're not really living in the moment. You're not really living for now. And I think it's really important that we grasp just how much we do have. There is always someone with less than you. Um, and I think certainly in the Western world, 
we, we do forget to be grateful. Um, and I think if we start with that, we know just being grateful, you know, if you're a leader, be grateful for the people that you're leading. Be grateful for the people you manage if you're a manager. Be grateful for the people that are working alongside you. And if you start to be grateful, you start to see people differently. Uh, and it changes your outlook. Uh, and I think that's why it's so important, Simon. Fantastic. Joy, that's a great way to end. And thank you so much for sharing uh, your heart with us today. Love what you're doing uh, in businesses around the UK and globally to encourage leaders to lead themselves, be themselves, encourage anyone who's stuck to step out and uh, make the change that they want to see and to grapple with the the challenges that are facing them and to have the courage to do that. And that comes from a strong faith and a strong belief and great gratitude. And uh, Joy Marsden, thank you so much for joining us on the Forge Leader Shock podcast today. You're welcome, Simon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Forge Leadership podcast. Don't forget to leave comments and rate the podcast by going to iTunes. If you have any questions for Simon or any of our guests, you can email us at hello at forge-leadership.com. Next week, we're joined by Tim Morphin, the founder and CEO of Transforming Lives for Good. Mm-hmm.